Hello everyone, and welcome to the Commander's Forge. My name is Andy Bentley, and the Commander's Forge is an area for me to talk about magic, commander, and basically anything else that I feel like. Now, I'm... This is going to be the second podcast released this week, because something occurred to me while I was uh, messing with some stuff. This podcast that was released earlier on Friday should have been episode 52. And I know I've missed a couple of weeks for different reasons, but I guess it's it's been a year since I started this. And I started this in the middle of a pandemic and we're still in the middle of a pandemic. Not that I had a great social life before the pandemic, but a year of this, of something that's been fairly therapeutic for me to just sit down and talk. And sure, I've shared a lot of my mental struggles on here, and I have a lot more mental struggles that I'm still working through. And fairly recently, I decided that I'm looking into bariatric services, uh, which for people who don't know means essentially weight loss surgery. And I kind of want to talk about that. It started with an infection in my leg. And it was a fairly bad infection. So we went to get it looked at and they gave me some like wide range antibiotics but I had asked about the services and so they gave me a phone number and I called them and they said well we're gonna send you a, a survey thing in your email you can open it, there'll be a video for you to watch, and then it'll ask you for some information, and then we'll get back to you about whether we can accept you or not. So I watched the video, understood exactly what it was saying, sent off the survey thing, and I got an email saying, oh, hey, you're approved, we're going to call you, blah, 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 on the next business day. So I get that call, this was back in... Oh, God, when was it? Three months ago? Either way. And they said I was qualified. They were like, so all we need from you is a recommendation from your primary care physician. Which at the time, I didn't have one because my old one had moved away and it just it never came up that I needed one. So it took me several months to get into a, a doctor's office, which was fun because we uh, are still in the middle of a pandemic and people are, uh, people are stupid. But I finally got in. They checked some 
things from my medical history, things like that. Uh, they gave me a tetanus shot because I hadn't had one in like 12 years. And then I sat down and I talked to my new physician. Lovely lady. And I, we went through all the stuff and I eventually told her about my leg and how that turned into what I was looking into. And she was very supportive of it. And, you know, she, uh, at this point knew how much I weighed. And she, she looked at me and she's like, yeah, and you wear it well for how much you weigh, but I can definitely understand why I need to get better because she herself had had this procedure. And it turns out the air, the place that they referred me to was the same place that she had gone and found out that the doctor that was an intern when she had it done was now one of their lead doctors. So she sent the uh, request personally and we had an answer within three hours. So they called me uh, the other day, but they didn't have anything open that would fit my schedule for our first consultation in October or November. And we uh, agreed that uh, they'd give me another call in November when their December uh, hours would be up to scheduling and I'm going to try and schedule something for an off day towards the weekend. So, you know, I can run up to Rochester and maybe get it in the morning. So I don't have to try and drive through the darkness, especially in December. Uh, yeah, that's, um, That's the journey I started, and I, I really want to be able to walk up a flight of stairs without losing my breath, and I want to be able to go for a walk without feeling winded. Hell, I want to be able to fit in a damn chair. And sure, maybe those aren't, like, the doing-it-for-my-health-style answers people are looking for. But that's what I got. I want to be better for those reasons. The health side of it is just kind of a perk. And who knows? Maybe it's because, hey, I actually hit 30 and I didn't think I was going to live past my teenage years. Some of us, uh, not some of us, me, I um, shouldn't have lived past my teenage years for reasons that we don't need to get into. Yeah, this is going to be, this is going to be my journey and I'm going to be documenting it. Most likely on TikTok or something similar to that. 
because you know this is gonna be a big step for me yeah that's uh that's about it for this part you know here's to a year of the podcast being as mediocre as it is and to me finally deciding I want to take the next step in my life And after this, we'll we'll talk about some more upbeat stuff, and I'll be right back. Hey, I just want to take a minute to tell you about my Patreon. I know times are hard for everybody, and I know it isn't easy to shuffle around bills and stuff. Believe me, I know that. But if you would like to help support the podcast and me... You can find the links to my Patreon in my link tree, which is always put into the description of either the video or the audio, wherever you're listening to it. It would really mean the world to me. Honestly, I'm just struggling to make ends meet most weeks, but that's it. That's all. If you want to help, the links will be where you can find them. And we're back. Now, I just want to go over some of the cards that have been spoiled in the first couple of days of Crimson Vow previews. And I guess I'll just jump off with the first one that I want to talk about. It's the Thalia reprint. Am I surprised they're reprinting Thalia? Absolutely. Am I happy they're reprinting Thalia? Also, absolutely. Thalia is a uh, legendary human soldier... She is a 2-1, and she costs 1 and a white. Non-creature spells that anybody casts cost 1 more to cast. That's it. She's just a hate bear. And was around $15 to $20 before the reprint, so... this I wonder if this is actually going to kill her price completely. I don't know. Either way. That was kind of like an honorable mention. Uh, the first one I actually want to talk about is by invitation only. It is three white, white for a sorcery. Choose number between zero and 13. Each player sacrifices that many creatures. Yikes. I actually really like this for token decks because you just pick a number that somebody has, say they have five creatures and you have, you know, 30. It's like, okay, everyone sack five creatures. I just... Yeah, that's that's about all I have to say about it. I think that's going to be a sweet card for Dragon decks. Now, the next one kind of threw me for a loop. Uh, Savior of Allenbach is a human soldier, one white-white for a one-two. And at first that kind of threw me f- because it's a mythic. So I started reading it. The first thing it has is training, which is new ability. Whenever this creature attacks with another creature with greater power, put a plus one plus one counter on this creature. But the more exciting part of this card is the whenever Savior of Allenbach trains, exile up to one target creature from the battlefield or creature card from a graveyard. Then it has... Whenever Savior of Allenbach leaves the battlefield, put the exiled cards onto the battlefield under their owner's control. Important 
point of order, these abilities trigger separately. An enters and an exits uh, ability. So when you attack and train, if you exile an opponent's creature, with that ability on the stack, you can flicker the savior to exile it forever. Because it would be on different uh, versions of the card. That said, uh, I don't know where I would play this, but it seems like a decent white card, I guess. Uh, after that, we're going to talk about um, Gerolf, Visionary Stitcher. Uh, two and a blue for a 1-4 Legendary Human Wizard. Zombies you control have flying, and you can... Pay a blue and tap it to sacrifice another non-token creature to create an XX blue zombie creature token where X is the sacrifice creature's toughness. I'm less about this than I am, say, his sister, Gisa. But, you know, people are going to want it for zombie decks. I personally don't want it for zombie decks. I tend to keep my zombie deck... Mostly zombies, I feel like most of my decks that center around a creature type, I tend to do maybe one or two creatures that break that type. So it has to be just amazing for me to like want to run it. And that's really all I have to say about uh, Geralt. The next one I want to talk about is a card that I'm afraid to play against. It's Overwhelming Wave. Uh, two blue-blue for a sorcery. Each player chooses a non-land permanent they control. Return each other non-land permanent to its owner's hand. And then you draw a card for each opponent with more cards in hand than you. It just It's going to be a very annoying blue spell, especially for people like me who like to play aggro decks or token decks or any combination of the two. And that just, I just, yeah, that's, that's all I got to say about it. Uh, the next one that I saw when I was looking through here is Path of Peril. One black black for a sorcery. Destroy all permanents with mana value two or less. Or, sorry, all creatures with mana value two or less. But it has Cleave, which is one of the new, uh, abilities and it has cleave for white black and what that does is it removes text with brackets around it in the spell so it removes with mana value two or less so it just destroys all creatures so it goes from a three mana removal spell for low creatures to a six mana removal spell for all creatures and i think that's pretty cool Although I am a little, they keep putting stuff like that into white black instead of just giving it like to mono black or mono white. It just, regardless. Uh, the other one we're going to talk about here is uh, Soren the Mirthless. 
two black black for legendary planeswalker soren enters with four loyalty you can plus one to look at the top card of your library you may reveal that card and put it into your hand if you do you lose life equal to its mana value so it turns into a bob minus two is create a two three black vampire creature token with flying and lifelink and negative seven is soren the mirthless deals 13 damage to any target and you gain 13 life I've seen some people blasting this online, and I don't get why. Uh, at the very least, if you need to protect it, it makes it 2-3 with lifelink and flying. That'll block just about anything. But if you don't, you just, you're in the lead, you play him, and you start ripping cards off the top. It, because it's a bob. It's negative seven, uh, eh, but you learn not to judge Planeswalkers by their ultimate ability because unless you plan on hitting that ability when you play it, there's no point, really. Yeah. Uh, after that, we have uh, Volatile Arsonist, which uh, has Daybound, but flips into dire strain arcanist so the volatile arsonist is a 4-4 four, four for three red red human werewolf has menace and haste when volatile arsonist attacks it deals one damage to each of up to one target creature up to one target player and or up to one target planeswalker now its backside the dire strain arcanist is a 5-5 five, five with menace and haste and whenever Dire Strain Arcanist attacks, it deals 2 damage to each of up to 1 target creature, up to 1 target player, and up to 1 target Planeswalker. It's it's a good werewolf. It's going to go in the werewolf deck. There's not a whole lot else to say about it. Uh, the other red card that I saw that I really like is uh dominating vampire one red red for a three three vampire when dominating vampire enters the battlefield gain control of target creature with mana value less than or equal to the number of vampires you control until end of turn untap that creature it gains haste till end of turn so just play a vampire make take a dude and give it back or sacrifice it or any anything like that it's it's a vampire. It's going to go in vampire decks. Uh, the green card I want to talk about is uh, Dig Up. It's a single green for a sorcery. It says search your library for a basic land card, reveal it, put it into your hand, and then shuffle. But it has that cleave ability again for one black, black, green. And it removes basic land and reveal it, so it becomes surgery library for a card, put it into your hand, and then shuffle. So it goes from a land grab to a diabolic tutor. I don't know. I like the versatility. I'm not super high on the card, but yeah. Just standard green stuff turning into standard green black stuff. Uh, next I have Angie, Maid of Dishonor. 
two red black for a 4-5 vampire. Whenever Angie made of Dishonor and or one or more other vampires enter the battlefield under your control, create a blood token. This ability triggers only once per turn. But more importantly, she has two. Sacrifice another creature or a blood token. Each opponent loses two life and you gain two life. I, I know it's a trope to say, does this go in Aristocrats? But... This goes in Aristocrats. Yeah, that's that's it. Uh, and then we did get our confirmed two legends previously seen on a card. It is Halana and Alina partners. Two red green for a 2-3 with first strike and reach. And at the beginning of combat on your turn, put X plus one plus one counters on another target creature you control. Where X is Halana and Elena's power. That creature gains haste till end of turn. I've seen this compared to like a mini Xenogod. And yeah, I kind of concur. That's play, play creatures, make them bigger, give them haste. Especially if it's anything that's going to in turn make Halana and Alina bigger. I just, yeah, I think that uh, that about's going to wrap up my impressions for the first couple of days of spoilers. Uh, just want to throw out there, I do not do uh, exhaustive reviews because there's enough of those already and nobody wants to sit through me talking for an hour about every card in a set. I'm just going to bring up some of the ones that I'm kind of interested in. And yeah, that's uh, going to do it for this week. Um, this is going to be going up on the 31st, I believe. And uh, officially hit the uh, one year mark of my podcast. And if you've been here that long, thanks for listening. And well, you know where to find me. So I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. The logo for the podcast was created by Nate and Erica Jacobs. And the music used was provided for use by Cody Mulpey and Ian Foss of The Crypt. You can find their music online by searching for The Crypt. And I must recommend them if you enjoy heavy music. Thank you again. And I'll see you next time.